0: Welcome to episode two of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined once again by Cade Kimball. And for the first time on the show on episode two, we have Jackson Harefield. And Jackson, I'll just start off with you, man. How, how's it going? And how does it feel to be, be on a podcast? where we're just we're talking thunder. We're just talking about Talking about a team that we all follow, we all talk about daily in our everyday lives, probably to people who don't care about nearly as much as we do. So, we finally have some like minded folks who, who care plenty about the Oklahoma State Thunder here.
1: So, I'm, I'm doing well. It's good to finally get to do this because I, like you said, like I talk about the Thunder all the time, but I live in Virginia. No one here cares about the Thunder. Like, <laughs> there's not much, there's not many people to talk about um so i mean especially like the discord's been huge for me like getting to talk mm-hmm. thunder every day but to actually get to do it on the, the platform is always a fun time
0: yeah absolutely great plug for discord if you're not in there uh boomtown hoops discord gets it, tweeted out every now and then when you see that definitely jump on that uh get in the community it's a a little bit a little bit dead right now but as is everything with the nba except for ben simmons and the sixers and everything going on there kate how are you doing tonight i'm good i'm good how are you I'm doing well. I am just happy that that we finally were able to get this thing recorded because you know we tried a couple times last week. I can't remember why we couldn't the first time. The second time the power was out on literally my entire block. Like I was telling you before the show, someone hit a power line and like blew up everyone's electric box in, in the entire neighborhood. So that that was a good time. So I'm just happy to be sitting down talking with you guys and and we've got a fun show. You know, I I thought we were gonna struggle. With stuff to come up with, uh, August thirty first, weeks before training camp. But you know what? Bleacher Report came through with us, through for us. They rank young cores. We didn't like their rankings. Obviously, I mean the Thunder weren't in the top ten, so we obviously have to have to be homers and disagree. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. But first, we've got a schedule. We've got a Thunder schedule since the last time we talked, and. I think for about, I think the third season in a row and who knew, it could even be more than that. I don't know. They open up against the jazz. They, they go to Utah and I guess just guys, we'll start with you, Jackson. What, what was your first thoughts when, when you looked at this schedule for the thunder this year?
1: My first thought was we weren't really going to have to tank to start the year. Exactly. Um, it's, it's a brutal start. Um, say 10 of 11 in the West, the only East team we play is Philly, um, so we've got the Warriors twice, the Lakers twice, both the Clippers and the Jazz. Like it's it's a brutal start, and then after that, it doesn't get any better because we have a run with it's the Nets, the Heat, the Rockets, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Jazz. Like that's playoff gauntlet minus the lowly Rockets, who we should go ahead and beat for for good measure.
0: I I think that is definitely the takeaway and. And I was kind of looking through just the first month and just doing the old fashioned. Okay. win, loss, 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 maybe a win, definitely a loss. I'm looking at like three and 13, like four and 12 in, in the first month. And that's being optimistic and giving them a couple of those games against the Rockets where they could easily drop one of those. I, I'm with you Jackson that I think they could very easily have a very tough start, which, obviously losing is no fun. No one wants to tank. They kind of are in the position where they have to. Obviously we don't have to relitigate that, but it'll be more, more spread out. It'll be a more just overall enjoyable season. We won't have to pull the plug and completely tank it later in the year. Kate, any different takeaways on the schedule or was the tough start? Was that kind of your main one as well?
2: Uh, My first instinct was, yeah. I mean, what are we, when are we going to lose? How early are we going to lose? How is the season going to start? But then I, I go to the New Year's Eve game because that's what I'm always interested in. Is that's a game I like to go to, and I saw that we're playing the Knicks and that is yep. Kimba's return on New Year's Eve. And I'll I'll be, I'll be the first one to go cheer for Kimba, former Thunder legend.
0: Absolutely right, right up there um with Carmelo Anthony on the Atlanta Hawks, uh Mr. Mr. Kimba Walker. But no, I think uh I think the only other real takeaway I had, or at least just something I noticed that that was interesting. I don't really know what to do with it, is they play the Rockets three times before December first. They they play the Rockets three times in the first like six or seven weeks. And If you're looking at the over-unders, I know, Jackson, you were saying you can get the over-unders to the Thunder anywhere between 21 and a half, 23 and a half, depending on where you look. The Rockets are the other team that's down there with the Thunder in the Western Conference. So three times in the first month, that could go a long way in determining draft order later on. And, And I don't know if it's better or worse to play a team like that early because you play them early, like they have John Wall and Eric Gordon still maybe, but the young guys aren't aren't there yet maybe you play them later and the young guys have come along and they're better i just think those will be interesting games to watch number 1 cuz the thunder could actually win those games and even if in the big picture we want them to lose it's still fun to cheer for them to win and, and then number 2 that's just going to be pretty important games i think what do you guys think
2: i think it was interesting that i mean that we play them early because towards the end of the season if you're a playoff team you're usually if if you like where you're at you're just going to kind of cruise through it but when it comes to the lottery, I mean, who can outtake each other? But we don't really get that opportunity to do that with Houston again. I mean, we don't. We're gonna play them earlier, so in my opinion, it's gonna be like, the season's in full stride. So I just feel like they're gonna play almost as good as they can, and I mean, they just won't throw the way the throw the game away. Yeah, no, I agree, Jackson. Anything else you want to add there?
1: Yeah, I think what I mean when it comes to the Rockets games, uh, especially, you want you want the team to try to win. You don't want to go out there and like look horrible. I think. Mm-hmm. I think those games are winnable games. I think they'll be important to the development of, of our young guys, you know, they, sure. to get them some confidence because, you know, it's, it's a brutal start. I mean, there's going to be a lot of tough losses. They're just playing teams that are overmatched full of stars that we don't have yet, you know, hopefully stars in the making, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a tough run early. So those rockets games are especially big. And then, you know, with the, the lottery odds having changed somewhat recently, like, you know, beat the Rockets every time. Who cares? Like our odds aren't going to be that we're not going to win enough games where it should matter that much.
0: Yeah. And it. you mentioned other teams having the stars that Oklahoma State just doesn't have early in the schedule. You, you ran through it earlier, but just to, to really reemphasize here, you've got Joel Embiid and the Sixers and Ben Simmons or whoever else is on the team in place of Ben Simmons. At that point, you've got Steph Curry and the Warriors. Coming in twice, you've got LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, every other All Star on the Lakers uh, coming in, uh, and obviously the Clippers with with Paul George. There, it's just a, a loaded start to the season for the Thunder, and that's not even including like you play the Pelicans a few times, you play a few times, you play the Grizzlies a few times, which the Thunder beat those teams a couple times last year. But we'll we'll see if that if that's the case this year. But it it's going to be interesting to because you know the Thunder are always a team that is pretty resilient. They, they last year, especially until they really pulled the plug, they were, they were pretty resilient. I will be, I'll be curious to see if they can, if that spirit is still intact, like we hope, like we would hope after that first month, month and a half where the record could be looking pretty rough.
2: I just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I just really don't understand the whole, we need, we're opening against the jazz. I don't, I don't understand the whole memo or why we even do it.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it's just a it's a post Westbrook thing, I guess. I don't remember who they opened um, opened up against in the last Westbrook PG year, but yeah, CP3's first game at Utah last year. The Thunder almost stole the opener uh, against Utah and Oklahoma City, if memory serves, and then obviously again this year. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. Kind of a diss to the Jazz, like number one overall seed last year. Like okay, you don't get TNT. You don't even get a good game uh, in your opener. You get the tanking thunder in your first game of the season?
1: I mean, I guess if I was a Jazz fan, just looking at everything on paper, I'd be like, well, take take the win to start the season. But I think that's what a lot of teams learned last year was it it might be a win on paper and it might be a win in the end, but a fight for it because the young guys, they there's so much energy, there's so much effort that even... You
0: know, even if you're a better team, you've got to work for it for for all 48 minutes. Absolutely. And you mentioned it, a young team. That young team did not appear in the young core rankings, the top 10 that Bleacher Report put out earlier this week. So I can read off um, the top 10. I'll read them in order here, um, 10 to 1. So 10, the Houston Rockets. 9, New York Knicks. 8 is the Hornets. 7, Mavs six Nuggets, five Suns, four Grizzlies, three Pelicans, two Celtics, and number one the Atlanta Hawks and obviously for us notably no Oklahoma City the Rockets are getting that summer league bump and the Knicks are getting the New York Knicks bump I I guess I don't know what else I would call it so we decided because I don't know about you guys but I had just outside of those things I had a lot of disagreements with the list and the order it was in. We decide it if we're going to criticize it. Let's just rank our own. So I know Jackson, you and I ranked. Okay, excuse me, this is my voice. Cade, you're going to throw um, your opinions in, obviously, um, when you feel like it. And Jackson, I'll, I'll start with you. Let Let's go. Let's go opposite. No one wants to start with number one. Let Let's go ten. We'll go to one, and I will let you go ahead and give your first three, we can go three at a time. here to kind of keep a rhythm. All right. So,
1: uh, so at number 10, I had the Knicks. Um, I draw, I kick the Rockets out. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at their core, like they've got a couple pieces, but I just, overall, I don't, I don't really feel very good about them. So I went to number 10. I went with the Knicks. I like RJ Barrett and uh, quickly. I think they've got some pieces. Like, I think they've got some things. Like, you know, be happy about, but I, I personally just, I like, think, they're you know they can be in the top ten, but they're they're not much. Mm-hmm. Um at nine I had the Grizzlies. Um I love Jaw. Jaw's wow. great. That's a little um, low for the Grizzlies,
0: especially with this uh, yeah I, report that, list.
1: Yeah, I, I like I said I love Jaw. Um I kinda well, a big thing for me was like who their best young guy mm-hmm. was. Um and I love Jaw. Um I like Jaron Jackson Jr., but he hasn't proven he can stay in hell he can stay healthy. And then the rest of the guys on the list are, are pretty, you know, pretty unknown. Um I think, I think especially that like middle, the middle tier to me, like six through nine, very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of depends on how you feel about, you know, guys one, two, and three. Um, mm-hmm. And at number eight, I had the Hornets. Um, I liked what I saw from LaMelo last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm big on Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. It's mm-hmm. just kind of one of those things where, like I said, you know, that middle group, you could kind of go any sort of combination of ways um, I think it'll be interesting to see what book Knight and Kai Jones give them. Um, I think if they, you know, come out and play well, that's a, a group that I could
0: see um, moving up my list. But for now, that's kind of where I, where I have them at. Sure. No, a- absolutely. That, that makes total sense. I, I will say, I think the Knicks were either my first or second team off. So I, I was you know pretty much right there with you um, when it comes to New York. Uh, Cade, any, any thoughts on those first <clears throat> three teams?
2: Uh, Not quite. I mean, they're all all pretty agreeable. I know that the uh, Rockets fans are going to find this and they're not going to like it.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just I think in a year we could easily redo these rankings and the Rockets are, you know, top top 10, maybe even higher. But we haven't seen hardly any of these guys outside of Summer League. And if we've learned anything over the years, it's that Summer League is not an indicator of what of what your team is going to be. That does not mean that Jalen Green can't be awesome. doesn't mean that shang can't be awesome and make the Thunder regret trading two first-rounders to, to not take him. But he also could just be fine. And, you know, some of the other guys they have could not be as good as they looked in Summer League. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think the Rockets are one that you just definitely almost can't even evaluate at, at this point. So they they were probably my my second or third team. Out Number 10, I went with your number eight, Jackson. I went with the Hornets. Um, and I should mention Bleacher Report, their their list. They were um, guys who were 25 and under on opening night as you qualified for the young corps. So like, for example, with the Suns, that meant Mikael Bridges was like a week away from qualifying for for the young corps. But well, I was sticking with their exact uh, exact same qualifications. Hornets, number 10. LaMelo Ball, I think he's uh, definitely a future All-Star. I think he showed that he has that upside at least last season. And then when you consider he's in the Eastern Conference, like, yeah, he he's definitely going to make a couple All-Star teams at least. And then you've got other guys like Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, you mentioned James Knight, who I think could be very solid starters. And then Kai Jones is like the wild card here because he he could be, people talked about it all pre-draft process. He could be anything. He, he's like their Poku. He could be their second star he could be out of the league in in three or four years it, it's just it's tough to know um, my number nine I'm curious I, I don't think this team is probably in your top 10 if you didn't mention them in your first three I've got the Cavs at, at number nine I was a little surprised they didn't get a little bit of love in the Bleacher Report rankings either I mean Evan Mobley I I've got him as a guy that I think is potential future all-star tougher to evaluate you know I've got to be fair if I say I don't know what Jalen Green is I don't know what what Mobley is either, but Darius Garland, I like a lot. How um, are you marketing now? Part of this young core. He's at least like a role player. Like he's not great, but he's a role player. And then Colin Sexton, uh, Isaac Acora Jared Allen, like all, all those guys, yeah, decent guys. And then I'm assuming you have the thunder higher than me. Cause you haven't mentioned them yet. And I'm sure they're in their top in your top 10. I have them eight. Don't have to talk too much about them because um, we'll talk about them plenty uh, on this show, but SGA, Future All-NBA guy, hopefully, at least has that upside. Uh, Poku and Josh Giddey are kind of the two wild cards here. Dort is a rock-solid starter, maybe better. And then a lot of young guys and Trey Mann, Teo, Ty Jerome, and Darius Baisley that could change the fortunes
2: of this rank one way or another. Um, something that I'm I'm really interested on is the Cavs and their situation with their front core. I mean, they brought back Jared Allen. They have Mobley, they have Kevin Love, they have marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, if you want to develop players, you're not going to play Kevin Love. So that situation is going to be interesting to look at. I mean, how high do you value Garland and his progression that we've seen? So, I mean, that was interesting that you had him in your top 10 because mm-hmm. if I had made my list, I don't think I'd have put them top 10.
0: And to be clear, like I would not bet on the Cavs to cash this into anything like productive, right? It's just unless LeBron's on that team, I'm not betting on the Cavs to do much. I don't think. But just looking at pure talent, I I I think I'm probably higher on Darius Garland than a lot of people. Is probably why they're they're in my top ten. But but yeah, they they've got a lot of interesting pieces, and all of them are. It's all crowded. Too many in the front court. Too many in the back court. No wings. Besides coro who is not the biggest guy in the world so yeah it's a an ill-fitted team perhaps but a talented one and one that i have number nine jackson we can go back to you you're seven through five now right
1: um so like you said seven i had the thunder so we okay. weren't so we were, were far off we were close um, with the thunder i guess you know when i was looking at it i was trying to kind of figure out do i want you know like to be the number one guy was very important mm-hmm. and then it was kind of bringing through there when it came to the thunder like SGA is probably not quite up there with some of the other top guys yet i think he can get there i think Mm -hmm. he's probably not even up to john morant yet um but it was just after that you look like most of the teams on the list they've got you know somewhere between like four and six guys the thunder it's basically the whole roster is under 25 yeah yeah Um, it's just a huge list it's volume um it's kind of one of the reasons I didn't have the cabs in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of pieces I like, but you just don't know. what's like, you don't know. You, I don't see them sticking together. I think it's kind of going to break apart. I think with the Thunder have a lot of these guys are going to get a chance to, to stick. Um, so I, I kind of, that's how I ended up with them at seven.
0: Um, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think we need to talk too much about them. It's, it's We're interesting. All familiar. I, I actually, so I, I would take SGA over Jaw probably right now and in the future but you have the, the I have the Grizz higher than you. So that, that's just kind of a funny, a funny uh, thing there. But yeah, I, 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 again, can't disagree with Thunder at seven. I have been eight. Very, very like-minded there. I, you mentioned all of their young guys. I think I, I cut it off at like the actual, like kind of important young guys, like Baisley, Ty Jerome, um, Teo Maldon. Like th- those were like the, the three last, young guys like charlie brown's 24 charlie brown wasn't wasn't on like my my list like in consideration for me when i made this uh who who is your next team here next for me is the pelicans um
1: okay i i guess i mean they have zion zion's been phenomenal to watch um i don't have a lot of the same questions that people seem to about his health i think he'll probably end up holding up all right um Mm -hmm. and then they have brandon ingram so that one two is very very strong But there there's always kind of Brandon Ingram buzz. They don't fit incredibly together in my opinion. So sure. it, it's kind of long term. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Brandon Ingram gets flipped or something like that. Um I do there, like there, there are,
0: they're already getting the Westbrook Durant treatment of these guys don't don't make each other better. Um that that's already started.
1: Yeah. And, I mean as we're all too familiar with. Um I do <laughs> I do like Chase Cousin Nikhil Alexander Walker. I, I mm. I'm higher on him than a lot of people are. Um, but I just kind of, a lot of it to me is kind of, what have you done? And so far, you know, teams six through 10 haven't shown too much, you know, in the postseason. their young mm-hmm. cores, like they're nice, but they're not super experienced. And that's kind of, was also an influencing factor in what I've got. Sure. Um, cause then my, my number five team is the nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big Jamal Murray fan. Uh, I think he's incredibly fun to watch. It's hard you know, when you like want to rank the young core and you look, you're like, you're like they have Jokic. Right. And you want to kind of include how, it, how they all really fit around It's really hard to him. separate
0: Jokic from, from these regs, from fit, and also just like, he's not very old either, but technically he's not part of the young core in, in this conversation. Right.
1: And you're like, I'm like, I like all these guys. I'm like, but do I like them because they fit around Jokic? Mm-hmm. But I think kind of when I was looking at it, I was like, you, you get them out, um, you get someone like Jamal Murray, who we saw in the bubble, um, put on a show and the playoffs. I think he's a guy who could be, you know, maybe not a number one, but at the very worst, a number two on a very good playoff team. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is, you know, he keeps taking leaps. I think he could be one of the better wings in the league very, very Mm -hmm. soon. Um, And then, you know, you have two guys. I'm still, I'm very intrigued by Bull Bull. I like, I can't quite figure out what, what he is. Um, I don't, th- I don't think Bull Bull even knows what he is yet. So. No, but I'm very intrigued. And then uh, one guy was very, very high on the draft. Um, got to watch him play a few times in person in college um, that the Nuggets took with their first round pick Bones Island. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be a, a very, very fun, very, very good NBA player. Um, and he was somebody I was high on. So it kind of, it wasn't a deciding factor, but kind of gave him the nudge to me. Um. Mm-hmm. Kind of got them above the those bottom five teams, especially with you know the playoff experience from from somebody like Jamal Murray that we've seen, mm-hmm. basically carry a team to
0: through a, a round of the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned that that yours you're putting quite a bit of weight on on what guys have done. For me, I'm taking that into account for sure. But I am also, and this will probably make my list worse than yours, but I am trying really hard to project what i think these guys upsides are and weigh that a little bit more than than what they've done there's not a right or wrong way to do it I, we were talking about this before we started recording it's kind of an in, in the eye of the beholder however you want to rank young cores you can do it there's definitely no rules um to these ranks but could explain some of our differences here and i think this, it definitely explains this specific difference I, I have the mavericks at seven and i'm sure you have them Higher just just because of Luca, or unless you surprise me and don't have him on your list at all. Um, if they had literally anybody else that you could really consider part of the young core, they would be higher than seven for me because we, we all know Luca. He's probably more likely than not to win and M- to win an MVP before he retires. Like it, it, I I'd say that's pretty pretty easily true. But then like Moses Brown, Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, like those are the other three guys. So I just had a tough time elevating only Luka if you're looking at young cores over those other guys um, on other, other teams, the other cores that other teams have, I should say, but I can also definitely see just, they have Luka like that. That's enough to, to rank them higher. I, I can see both ways, but for me, how I was approaching it, I wanted a little bit more than one player I feel good about in the young core to, to rank them higher. So I've got the Mavs at seven the Grizz at six, and I think our, our difference in the Grizz, I think, again, you're higher on Jaw than me, but I at least have a little more hope maybe for Jaron Jackson than you do. They've got two very solid guys already, I think, in Desmond Bain and D'Anthony Melton. Xavier Tillman, another good role player. And really, I think the the difference for me in, in Memphis being like six or being like in the eight, nine range is the upside of Zaire Williams. It It's kind of like Poku where it could really go a number of different ways, but he was a guy that I think if the draft would have happened before anybody played college ball, he would have been a top five pick, top, top seven pick, but he had just like the absolute year from hell in college where Stanford was like living out of a hotel because of COVID regulations. He had to leave the team midway through the season. It, a lot to deal with. Hard to know what he's going to be in the NBA, but he's at least a swing and, if I'm looking at upside of guys, there's, there's not many that have a higher upside in in this draft than what Zaire Williams does at least. So he, he was, he was a deciding factor uh, for the Grizzlies. And then I'm with you. I've got the nuggets at five for basically the exact reasons you said, right? Like Jamal Murray, he's, he's just so good. The, the knee obviously is a question mark that, that we will not know the answer to until he comes back at the end of this season or the beginning of next, but we've seen plenty of guys come back from, ACLs. And then Michael Porter, like he, he could be an all NBA guy. Like by, by the time it's all said and done, he just makes scoring look so, so incredibly easy kind of, uh, he's not Kevin Durant, but just like the way he can like rise up and shoot over guys. It's like, Oh, like that, that's, that's what KD does. And like Michael Porter can kind
2: of do that too. Uh, at first look, I mean, I was, I was huge on Denver being high. And when I looked on here, the more I think about it, the more I'd probably move them higher than some teams that are ahead of them, mm-hmm. simply because of the fact that I, I looked at it at first month. I'm like, okay, your cases not on there. So let's put them lower. But I do really like MPJ and I do like Jamal when, when healthy, of course. So I think, I think that's pretty reasonable put in there. Mm-hmm.
0: And they've got a, a couple of other interesting role players. Like you mentioned, Bull, Bull uh from Thailand. And then Zeke Nagy is like a guy who could be a role player at, at some point too. So they've at least got, a couple nice young guys on the bench. It's weird. Like you still think, cause he hasn't been in the league that long. You think of like Monty Morris as like part of the young core, but he was a senior. So he's like actually really old. Like he might be older than Jokic. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. And then like, like Will Barton, you still think of him as young, but actually Will Barton is like probably way too old to be beyond this list. They've got other guys who are like kind of borderline as well, but okay. We've got, let's see, four spots left. Let's do two and two, so we don't just leave number one. Uh, give give me your next two, Jackson. All right, number four for me was the Mavs. Um, kind of like you said, they don't have
1: much of a young core, really. But that's just kind of how high I am on Luca. Like when I look at every player on the list, like if you were redrafting everybody on the list, Luca's number one to me for without sure. question, for sure. Um, and when I, I was kind of looking, especially with like the lower teams, it's like. I'll, do I take their whole young core or do I take Luca if I have the choice like sure I'm taking Luca over the whole Knicks group sure Maybe. and if okay. you're if you look if you're
0: looking at that way then then yeah and I I had I was thinking those same things too and if if you're looking at that way it's like yeah you can very easily talk yourself into Mavs being um closer to, the, to where you have them to where I have them no doubt about it yeah
1: and that, and that's kind of the thing I was just like you know like Luca could be a coroner of himself. So I'm going to, I'm going to take him and that's just kind of like, I was kind of putting them side by side and that's Mm kind of how I ended up with Luca and the Mavs at four. Um, and then at three, I had, uh, the Suns. It didn't help that Bridges just aged out, but, but Devin Booker and DeAndre, Ayton, I think they're a a very strong group, even if it's just the two of them. Um, Mm -hmm
0: it was a little bit of a tough look for Jalen Smith that he couldn't yeah. get any minutes in the finals, <laughs> but yeah, it's but, uh, it's definitely a case of which one of these is not like the other when You've got three guys, uh, two of them are Booker and eight. And then you've got Jalen Smith who uh, yeah, I don't know if he's anything more than a bench player. We'll, we'll see. He's still, he's still got a, a lot. He can still prove in the yeah, NBA. Obviously. It's tough. You know, he couldn't get, couldn't get any minutes in the
1: finals. You'd um, mm-hmm. like your first round pick to you know, maybe be able to at least come off the bench, but yeah, um, you know he could always develop, and then I think really it's just you know Booker and Aiden are are two of the stronger guys on the list. Um, mm-hmm. They're nice; they can be kind of a one two punch. Aiden really impressed me um, through the playoffs and through the finals. I think if he keeps developing, you know, mm-hmm. they're a young core of two, but they could you know if they add a piece or two, they can really be a phenomenal uh,
0: duo. Man, it's too bad they don't have Tyrese Halliburton uh, on on this team. They they could be. Even, even higher in these ranks. So I've got the Pelicans at four. Not much to say about Zion. Everyone knows how good he is. The defense, obviously, is probably concern number one, but the offense is, is just undeniable. Not as likely of an MVP as Luka, but like he is probably two or three on this list if you were ranking guys most likely to win MVP in their careers, I think you've got Luca, you've got maybe Jason Tatum, like Devin Booker in that conversation too. Like Zion's right there with those guys. Ingram, I'm with you. I don't love the fit of those two going to be full on national media uh, versus KD and Russ now, now versus Ingram and, and Zion here, but I just don't It to bring back an old saying that all of us are familiar with. It's a lot of your turn, my turn. When, When it comes to those two guys, they don't really play off each other uh very well at least not yet they're still very young there's still definitely time for that to improve although not sure it helps matters that they just lost the guy who I think could have been the connector and all that in in Lonzo Ball but that's a a different discussion unfortunately uh and I'm with you on Nikhil Alexander Walker too I'm a fan of his and I'm a fan of Keir Lewis Jr too like I I don't know if he's a starter but he's just an exciting young player that I think is like I think he's a pretty safe bet to be a high quality backup. Like maybe he'll compete for six man of the year um, awards down the line. Cause he just one of those guards who's going to have the ball in his hands, lightning quick and can put up points. Those are the guys that, that tend to, to be in competition for that award. And then like Jackson Hayes is there. Like, I don't really know what to think of him at this point. It was a bad pick when they made it. I not hindsight uh, on my end here. I, I thought that at the time, I still think that it's not a great fit with Zion and Ingram, but he's at least got talent and at the very least is like a bench guy, maybe can grow into a role guy. And then at number three, this is Bleacher Reports number one. My number three, I've got the Hawks at number three. I, I think the Hawks are getting, uh, and obviously I like them a lot. Like Number three is, is still very good on this list. There's a ton of really talented guys, but I think they're they're getting a little bit of that playoff push in in these ranks and I mean thought to say the run wasn't impressive because it it definitely was like I thought they were going to struggle more with the Knicks maybe even lose and they won that series easily I for sure didn't think they were going to beat the Sixers but I think that was at maybe not okay I'll give the Hawks a little more credit it wasn't that the Sixers lost that series but the Sixers played a big role in the Sixers losing that series um, but I love Trey young. What's not the like, uh, about him. Obviously he's already an all-star, a future all NBA guy. He's a stud John Collins. I I've never been the biggest John Collins guy, but he did have a great playoffs. And if he can keep building on that, playing that type of, of basketball, then I'll, my opinion will start to turn on him a little bit, but I want to see him do it for longer stretches than, than just, uh, you know, a month or two months or three months at the end of the season, but he's obviously a very talented guy as well. DeAndre Hunter, a guy that they didn't even have for almost all the playoffs is arguably their their second best player for Love of last year. And he's kind of that pro typical three and D wing. And then Kevin Herter, another guy who can fill that role too. And just like a Congru, Cam Reddish, like Jalen Johnson in the bench. Like they've got a lot of talent. I think the tiebreaker for me, between them and my next two teams, which we can now guess are the Suns and Celtics, just don't know the order yet, is I think both those other teams have two guys who I can see being all NBA guys. The Hawks have one. So
2: that was the, the differentiator for me. Um, I just want to mention, um, and it's unfortunate, like you said, if the Pelicans had alonso ball, they would easily be uh, top three. And I mean, four is close enough, but without them, I think I have to put them a little bit lower, probably about five or six, just because like you said, the fit of the two and I'm thinking overall winning. I just don't think that they will, they will win that much together. Yeah. For, for me, this was uh,
0: basically if, you know, Zion a slightly lesser version of Luca, as far as just like talent wise, it was just so much about him. And I, I like Ingram fine enough too but it's like Zion's so good and they actually do have other guys who I kind of consider, you know, part of the young core, like can contribute to winning basketball in the future. Now, whether or not they can actually build a winning team around those guys remains to be seen, but purely in this context, I, I've got them top five, but I would definitely listen to, you know, the nuggets at five Grizzlies at six for me, I four through, through seven really is all very close. All right, Jackson, so your last two, I guess you haven't said the Hawks yet either. It's Haw- Hawks and Celtics, these last two. I'm curious your order here. Um, number two for me is the Hawks. Okay. Um,
1: I. They were in a way similar to the Thunder, but better. Um, it was the volume of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trey Young, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, and Cam Reddish are five like solid pieces, I think, Cam mm-hmm. Reddish on a few of these other teams would probably be the second or third best piece. And to me, he's probably at best fourth or fifth. I mean, fourth,
0: He he's either fourth or fifth. Yeah. I mean, um, he, I, he's probably fifth. I think I would, I, I think more highly of a Kong group probably if we're just talking future than, than Reddish at this point, but yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, it's a volume of guys and it's
1: a lot of like, it's a lot of talent there. Um, Trey impressed me kind of throughout, this season through the playoffs he was he showed a lot more to me than than kind of what I had thought about him um Collins stepped up big through through a little playoff run uh but to me the x factor with him is DeAndre Hunter uh I'm not mm-hmm. gonna hide my bias I'm a diehard Virginia <laughs> fan he okay he got yep. me a national championship that I I never thought was gonna happen um and I think it it takes a lot for him to get to another level but he's always shown to me that he can kind of get there. I think three and D like a really good three and D guy, is his four. Um, he's kind of, if you watched him in college, he had a lot of like baby Kawhi and like he can get stops and he can get buckets in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not quite to that level, but I think he could very easily be the second best guy on this Hawks team mm-hmm. and him not being in the playoffs was a huge, uh, a huge difficult,
0: like, yeah. I, it, I think it, 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 it was definitely an obstacle for them to lose like their best wing defender when, especially like playing the Sixers, like that team is, is all wings. They, they still won that series, but yeah, definitely, definitely made it a lot tougher. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make you hate me Um, the first, the first time you ever meet me here. I no lie have a UMBC long sleeve and in, in my closet right now, only because they're the retrievers. And I grew up with golden retrievers. I was like, yep, yeah, got, got to get a retriever shirt. That that's literally the only reason obviously beat Virginia, so that's how I even heard of them. But but yeah, so there's that there's that fun fact.
1: So it, it would have bothered me a lot more had the uh, national championship not followed <laughs> it up that uh, it, made, it made the, the loss to the 16 not hurt so much. It just makes it part of the story. So it, it's, it's going to be a great 30 for 30 something. I know that about it. Yeah. So I, I heard a lot of UMBC stuff for a year and then it all kind of went away a little bit <laughs> after that next season. So it um, doesn't affect me too much. Mm-hmm. And then at number one, I had the Celtics. Um, okay. It. It's once again. It's kind of who's your top guy, who's your second guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatum is probably in the top three guys on this list. If I had to, if I had to rank them on who I'd like to have for the next uh, five, ten years, I think it's probably Luca, Zion, and Tatum in some sort of order, mm-hmm. um, and then Jalen Brown's the best number two guy on the list, and it's not close. Um, yep. If, if you're any of these young cores, I mean, they barely make it. They're not, they won't be long. Like if you look at this list next year, I don't believe um, Jalen Brown will be eligible for it. I'd have to double check, but yeah, no, I, I'm sure that's probably right. They're on the upper end of the age spectrum of the young cores. Um, but just from a pure talent point, like one and two, they're over everybody. And then, you know, they, I mean, they have, you know, Robert Williams and he's he's shown that he can be, um, a contributor and then mm-hmm. I, I'm not huge on Peyton Pritchard I mean he was nice in college but we'll see kind of if he can develop into anything more than you know a, a eighth or ninth guy on the team and yeah a, a
0: couple of real guys in, in Pritchard and Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith I think
1: yeah um, but to me that's kind of when I was looking at it, it was just one and two Tatum and Brown like every team takes that one two if they can get it
0: Yep, for sure. So I'm I'll, I'll skip to my one just, just to add to that. I, I've got the Celtics at one for everything you mentioned. It's like Tatum. He's easily in the top three, um, maybe depending on what you think about Devin Booker uh, top four. Um, but it, it's, it's for me, probably Tatum, Tatum Zion and, and Luca stand apart and Luca tier of his own. And then Zion Tatum um, the next two guys for me. And then they're the only team that has another guy in Jalen Brown where it's like, I would predict that both of those guys are multiple time, all NBA players before their careers are done. And that, that just carries so much weight for me. And especially given the positions they play, right? Like everyone wants wings. Everyone wants 3 and D wings. And then especially if you can get those guys who are 3D wings, who can also like put the ball on the ground, play Mick. Those are just the easiest guys to to build your team around, which is uh, a little flummoxing why the Celtics haven't been able to do a better job of building a team around those guys uh, that they've had with all those picks they had um, around them for a while. But, but yeah, I, I've got the Celtics one. I I think Robert Williams, even like you mentioned, he could be a contributor. I think he's like a, a starting level center probably, which isn't like saying a ton in today's NBA, but he's a rim runner. He blocks shots. If he can just consistently keep getting better at the actual like IQ part of defense, like pick and roll defense, and maybe not trying to block literally everything that that comes in the paint, being a little more disciplined, he's got all of the physical tools. Like he's probably like, wouldn't you guys say like a, a better version of Nerlens Noel? Like he's he's a better Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I could see it.
1: Um... I mean, I'm. I think no Noel's career has probably taken one of the like lesser routes that could have gone. Like if you mm-hmm. played, if you played his career ten times, I think it probably the process kind of ruined a lot of it. Just he ended up in a bad fit. I think if he ended up in another spot, um, but I could definitely see Robert Williams kind of being a his career going a better route. I think he could be a starter, you know, for a season here and you know, an important bench guy for another season. I think he's kind of going to bounce around, but I could see him being a contributor.
0: I think if you took Nerlens and made him bigger and took away his frying pans and gave him hands, that is what Robert Williams could, could be in my mind. So I, I think those are the two areas where where he's got Nerlens. And then my two, uh, to, to end with my two instead of my one, I've got the Suns. I mentioned that the Celtics are the only team that has two guys who I'm like 100% sure are going to be multiple time all NBA, but I could very easily see obviously Booker for sure I think is going to be, I could see Aiton being that too, I feel less sure about that as, as I do Jalen Brown, but I think Ayton, given what he showed in the playoffs, I think he's a guy that I could very easily see being being an all NBA guy, multiple times down the road, they get dinged a little bit for again. You talked about it. They've got Jalen Smith, and that's like literally it. Mikael Bridges aged off this list. Otherwise, they would be pushing the Celtics a little bit, a little bit more, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, the Suns are pretty clear number two for me. I think those one that one and two was a fair bit above three, and then for me, the Hawks were kind of in a tier of their own too. And then you get kind of into the rest. We've got four through seven. Uh, But neither one of us go with Atlanta number one, which is what Bleacher Report had. Kate, and I'm curious if you are making a list or just in your opinion, are the Celtics one? Do you agree with both of us or do you have a different top team here?
2: I think uh, the Suns definitely have a a very solid case. And like Mm -hmm. you said, they're probably top two in their own tier and then two through whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm at three through whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think the only reason I give the Celtics the edge is like you said, uh, Jalen Brown, could have his own team, his own young core as the top guy and be on the list, probably not even that low, probably seven, six. So that's just what kind of gave me the edge on that. But you can't not put the Suns top four, at least, just because, I mean, you saw what Devin Booker did in the finals. You saw what Aiton did in the whole entire playoff run. And that's what you want in a player with that much upside is to prove they can play when it matters the most. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and then – if I'm gonna say this about John Collins, though, I do at least have to say it about and too. I need I need to see it from and longer and more consistently just throughout seasons that that he can do that because he he's been good for the Suns in stretches of the regular season. And you know, Suns fans, I, I actually know a couple of Suns fans. They weren't like shocked that that he could do that. But what was shocking is like, okay, like this guy is doing it like almost every night. Like the motor had been the thing that was holding him back. I want to see that consistently from him this season. And yeah, I I mean, Devin Booker, maybe Devin Booker. I think Booker finally does age off this list. So if we do this again a year from now, the Suns will not be in consideration. But if Booker were a year younger, I think the Suns would be
2: really pushing for that top spot with another year of eight of and dominance. I agree. And the, the whole thing with and is like, it was cool because I've, I've always been a Booker fan. I like watching him play one of the Thunder don't play, mm-hmm. one of my um, league pass teams. But I mean, I, I I see the same thing. There's always been potential, but just to see him finally pull that out and do that for as many games as he did. But also, I just want to mention my list, my unofficial list, had a lot to do with the recency bias. I mean, everything I pulled into consideration, like the Hawks, the whole reason they're not number one is because Trey, all of them, they just took their team of. Th- not the best like put together team to the Eastern conference finals. So I think that's a, a huge thing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I
0: mean, we'll, we'll see this year, but I would be pr- like, I think the Hawks are probably, they, they could lose in the first round or, you know, may, more most likely outcome is probably losing in the second round. And I think people will probably look at that and say, Oh, like the Hawks took a step back this year. And It's like, well, no, like, the East just maybe didn't quite fall their way like it did uh, this year. It th- things kind of worked out worked out pretty well for them. And obviously, they, they pushed the Bucs too. But it's like until the Bucs got to the finals, and even in the finals, it was a little bit like this. It's like, I don't think the Bucs, besides the Heat, apparently, it was like the Bucs were going to make every playoff series interesting and make everything a grind. I don't think I ever actually thought Atlanta had a chance to win that series. It, the only time was when I thought Giannis was out for like a year. Other other than that, I, I didn't think Atlanta was gonna gonna you know, win that series. And I would be surprised if they repeat what
2: they did ne- this year, next year in the playoffs. I mean, just a final thought on my note is uh, it's just weird. And we we talked about this before and a little bit during. Um, I just don't understand the whole, you know, put I just want to put a rule book to it. I mean, I'll going most off like what what they've accomplished and what they can accomplish as as in terms of who how Which team can have the most players that, you know, develop or, you know, which team's going to have more buzz or like just pure upside. I just wish there was more, more rules to it. And
0: for me, it's like, if, if we're putting the Rockets at 10, like what, what have they done besides be good in summer league that would give them the edge over the Pistons who like they have Kate Cunningham, the guy that went ahead of, of Jalen Green in, in this draft, the guy that everyone agreed outside of the not unsurprising kind of late push that, oh, like, you know, Jalen Green, the Rockets are thrilled with him at two, which it should be, but like he, he he could have been number one guy in, in a lot of drafts. It's like, well, actually, like he's not going number one in Zion's draft. He's not going number one. You can kind of go down the list, and that's just actually not, not probably quite true, but like the Pistons have Cade, they at least have, uh, you know, Isaiah Stewart. They have a couple of other young pieces that that you're at least a little bit excited about. Like, I would even maybe consider them before Houston. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't have much. I, I've, I've backed on the Houston pick enough. I don't, I don't know what else I can add there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just absurd
1: that Houston makes the list over Oklahoma City. I mean, I <laughs> – if you could, if Houston could have Shea, they'd take him in a heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. I think Shea is probably the best guy on, you know, probably three of the teams that made the list at least, not include, made our list, not including the Thunder, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then just a bunch of guys that have gotten experience and will continue to get experience. I I don't see how Houston makes the list. It, it's
0: kind of baffling to me, but. Yep. Again, I could be a different discussion in, in a calendar year, but. Yeah, for now I've got to at least at least have seen something else on, on the court besides in summer league with, with a lot of these guys. Um guys, any any other final thoughts, any lasting thoughts before we get out of here? I do know we have another rankings list that was top 10 shooting guards and SGA main appearance. I think we'll save that for next week or at least next show. We'll see if it's actually next week. Next show. We won't commit to any time period there i think we'll save that but jackson Cade, anything else before we we hop out of here
1: no i'm good i don't think i have anything else i think uh i think our lists were more similar than than different i think Mm there's a few things here and there and i think going back to the beginning i think we've got a tough schedule ahead i think (laughs) buckle up thunder fans it's it's not going to be the most fun season of all time but Mm -hmm. i think we're headed in the right direction
0: But at least we get to see the young guys play who we can at least have visions of these guys being around for multiple years instead of all the call-ups that that we had the last season. Looking forward to that part of it at least. And that is going to do it for episode two of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. You can follow Boomtown Hoops Twitter and Facebook. Like them on Facebook at Boomtown Hoops. And then on Instagram, it is at Boomtown.hoops. Jackson mentioned it at the beginning. Go hop in the Discord channel if you haven't already. That is always a good time and will especially be a good time at the end of the season or or mid-season, I guess I should say, when things are really up and rolling. And then read uh, on boomtownhoops.com. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more written content as the season gets closer. Kind of a dead time right now, but there will be plenty of content to go around. And we will discuss some guard rankings, I think, and other topics to be determined on episode three. Thank you guys so much for listening.